I want to do a material one. Um, the one that's on my list, uh, my master list that's in that space would be, I'm just looking, sport. I love it. Mm-hmm. Not just to rank, but I already love sport, I should confess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do a sport that I love. Yeah, it defines I, a big part of you. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I don't think of myself as a sports person comically when but yeah, but yeah, I definitely Oddly, I don't think of you as one either, which yeah. is so weird. It yeah, must be a cultural framework. Anyway, this would, this would be great to unpack on the other side of the theme song. Hanging through the ether like a giant emotion. There's lotion, there's lotion. There's sometimes commotion, sometimes locomotion. Rank ideas. Take it to the bank, ideas. Welcome to Rank Ideas. The podcast where we, Chris, being the we and Nick, me being the other we, um, rank all human ideas from best to worst. One idea per episode unless we do something different than one sometime. Take a moment out there to think what you imagine will be the worst idea. Even suggest it to us through exactly. through various online I want forums. to give them a second to think about it and then demand that they, <laughs> that they submit it. Submit it now, whatever it is, the worst idea. No time to think. Food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just, uh, great. like the quote says, Chris, great social change isn't created by people unwilling to food poison. Um, who's, whose quote is that? Is that you? Yep. Poisoning. Who do you think all these quotes come from? <laughs> Not you. <laughs> I wonder if I quote you in my daily life. Listen. I don't think of myself as an athlete. <laughs> there we as go. As a sports guy. So, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're um, sports. Um, sports. You, Nick, you should disclose your in- your investment in sport. I grew up um, not – I just – I grew up – I didn't – hate sport growing up, but I was a bit sort of marginalized from it. Like I was, you know, just kind of an anxious, nervy kid. I played soccer growing up and I mostly just stayed up the back and fullback being terrified that the ball would come to me and also fantasizing that I might do something greater that it did. And then it would, and I messed up and you know, that was kind of a cycle that repeated. That's funny. I have the same relationship with sport. Of, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's just a fear that everyone has because the spotlight's on you for the moment, but mm. I have that same like, Oh God. Yeah. I, I hope it doesn't come to me, even though I'm there to do it. Yeah. Like, you know, it's the one thing you're trying to yeah. do. Yeah. And you know, at school sport, I wasn't, I wasn't picked dead last, but I would certainly be in like the last three, three or four. And you know, not cause I was like, I was, yeah, I think I probably thought I was really uncombat at stuff, but I was just kind of scared. I was just fearf- fearful, anxious kid. Mm-hmm. But I always, I always liked the idea of it. Like I like, I'm, I feel like I'm quite, Physical, like I'm fidgety at the very least, and I, you I need like to, do, you need to, you know, get to the declaration that you're a high level athlete. Uh, I mean, so, yeah, so you sorry. must don't 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 by, so by high level. So when I was about 23, I started wrestling, like freestyle wrestling, which is one of the two type of wrestlings I do at the Olympics, um, and um, I have been doing it. I'm 37 now, um, so I've been doing it for that long, and I was uh, just flatly awful at it for a first few years and then just sort of mundanely not good at it for about a decade. And then um, with a lot of help and assistance, the last few years I've kind of elevated within Australia. Um, I'm okay. Like I got a, well, no, it's serious. Like I know I'm not being disingenuous. Like, yes, I won Australian nationals, uh, two Australian nationals ago. Um, at us, but it was yet yeah, like, it's obviously it's a niche sport in Australia. There's not a lot of people doing what it. What do you think I would be in Australia? At freestyle wrestling. At freestyle wrestling, yeah. um, you, I'm 80, 
eight kilos. Yeah, uh, you're, you're. I mean, your build's not fantastic for the sport. Yeah, so I'll, I'll probably be like a hundred thousand. <laughs> I mean, out of in Australia, pro- I mean, let me put it this way: maybe thirty thousand. This will give the listeners perspective. So yeah, like I can wrestle now. Like I'm a good wrestler. Um, I'm not. A, I'm nowhere near a great wrestler. But also, so few people are doing. Um, you're, is that because you're sitting next to me? You're nowhere near a great wrestler. How <laughs> dare you! <laughs> So my lanky physique is that what the fact that you've even suggested wrestling means that I have to start the I have to start undermining you right <laughs> right now in order to keep ahead of you. But um, no, the uh, let me put it this way: so few people are doing wrestling in Australia that if you just took the mat in a match, Chris, you'd be in the top three hundred because yeah, they, because that's, that's a that's a that's a dumb dumb mechanic because uh, it, it still gives some reference to the fact that just because I came first at a national competition doesn't mean that I'm that amazing. Yeah, you know? okay, but if like everybody tried to do it suddenly. You know, you're still up there and I'm still down there. Well, you know? I mean, yeah, let, let me put it this way. Like I, I am one of the, I would say I'm one of the better wrestlers in Australia. The gulf between me and the guys who are the 30 best is vast uh, in Australia at the moment. But I think if I keep working out it, I can close that gap. That's possible. If I close the gap, if I, if I got up to the point where I was, let's just say, you know, in, in, in Australia, I have a path to international competitions. I've gotten to compete internationally. Um, if if I was as if I was same good as I am now, and in Russia or um, Iran, like it would not be, I wouldn't be in contention to qualify for any. Okay. Big well, I guess ultimately what I'm saying is that we're not trying to rank you as a wrestler. <laughs> That's we're, we're just trying to disclose that you you have a, a professional level engagement with. A sport. I'm dedicated. I, you know, uh, I am committed to it as one of the central things that I do in life is try and get better at the sport, try and understand it at a deeper level. I teach it now as well, uh, professionally. And, um, yeah, like a large part of my, yeah, I, I'm a large part of my selfhood is given over to the idea of being good at the thing or trying to be better at the thing. And I think that's, I mean, I, I'll, just I care. I, I vastly care. care how good I am at wrestling. Yeah, great. Nakedly, I, I think that's a really important framework because uh, I'll I'll disclose my own engagement with sport in a moment, um, which is completely different. But um, I think that it's important to, in framing this conversation, immediately acknowledge that we're in an Australian cultural context where sport has, uh, I, I guess, globally, sport has certain connotations, but particularly in Australian context, there's like a, a an identity, a cultural identity, and a cultural weight that comes to it, which is not what we're ranking. We're ranking, we're, we're not, we're not ranking, you know, the preeminence of sport as like sports culture at the expense of other things. We're we're ranking the contribution that it that it makes to people's lives. I and think. The, well, and the idea of it, like, the really to me, the ranking gets into it's like does does. What is like? What is sport as, as an sense. idea separate from other things? Mm-hmm. And what is the what is the value of that relative to Great. other things? Um, my own relationship is: I also was a kid that you know didn't um, get rewards from sport. But, um, I didn't really have a particularly stable life in a few fronts, so I just it didn't get the the sort of um, the feedback of you know doing it and improving and I wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't in any of those sorts of frameworks so I, I didn't get anything out of it I came to and then as an adult uh, um, I started to do some through university and really enjoyed it but I, I have been a type of person that struggled to take things seriously I was too afraid of being good at things or too afraid of um, mm. having agency in things for various reasons and as a result you know could only engage through things like sport through through like sideways like you know ironically or like Uh the social joy but nonetheless despite that um obviously clear um 
impediment. I, I did find ways to do it, just just not well. And then only really in my thirties, um, years into my thirties, I guess, did I start to play anything at all and accept that I could. And you know, only having gone through therapy and and life experience and seen seen various rewards and costs of things did i allow myself to think that it could be something worth pursuing mm. um that and acknowledge to myself that it's something that i wanted to do and have the last few years played in, in australian, australian football um and a couple of other things and it's so striking what a difference actually the mentality makes i don't know if i if i told you this so Mm-mm. so we, we did so last year on the back off the back of quite a bit of training did a, a 2k time trial as part of football preseason this year having undergone an additional year of, of of therapy and just life experience and having more terrain to live across without my, my personal inhibitors mm-hmm. um uh i with no training in that 2k time trial i was a minute quicker like mm. just just off the basis of not letting myself be like accept shortcuts and things like that sure, sure. i was really shocked i was like yeah. i'm in such bad shape i'll see how i go i was like oh my goodness this is my best time i'm I'm amazed. And a minute is, you know, pretty significant over um, just 2K, obviously. Anyway, uh, but now um, it has, I would say, I, I've also always loved watching various sports or I've cycled in and out. But when I when I get into the narratives, I really like um, following the – someone described um, the things that people get into once as competence porn to me. And I think, that like, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're watching a cooking show or yeah. whatever it is. And I, th- I think sport is a really hot, a really, a really important one of those. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a place where people can have, um, live out various social exchanges that, you know, they might not otherwise have the opportunity to, um, by having sort of collective experience and, um, you know, uh, communal goals that that they might not otherwise share with different types of people as well and and this is i this is great uh i think we're getting right into some of the like the thing that's going to expand out the pros and cons of sport as a thing Mm. which is the idea of it being both a site of like a communal site Mm -hmm. but also a site that um allows uh eliteness and certain Mm. you know like certain um you know uh points of difference between one person's performance in an area and another and, and another person's performance in that same area, like puts them into stark focus. And, you know, there's, I think there's a lot. Which is the downside for, I guess, the immediate downside for, for many people who can't. Yes. There's a lot, there's a lot that's good. There's, that lot, there's a lot that's good. And there's a lot that's bad about it. I reckon I, the, before we talk about, uh, no, yeah, no, let's just follow that for a bit. The, um, for me as someone who, uh, and the reason I probably part of the reason I wanted to sort of backstory my sense of being a kid who felt a little excluded from the narrative mm-hmm. of sport and and quite critically wanted to be part of it, but felt excluded just through my sense of competence, whether it was actually related to what mm-hmm. my competence could be. It I mean, it. I missed, I missed, I was, I wasn't provided with this, with a relatively simple thing. As a young kid, I didn't get a lot of messaging um, in those contexts that it was okay to fail mm-hmm. and, and do things. And so that led to just, uh, a, you know, a, a fear of engagement on the basis of that. Like for me, there was no question of fear of success because in my mind, I was most likely to fail. Interesting. So, the, 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 inter, the other narrative that I interrelated with at the same stage was that I never, you were either good at something or bad at something. Yeah. Know? And I never got the idea that you could improve at something. Same. It's really, really like shamefully late and in I, life. And critically for me, this is what's the thing that's given me an engagement with sport. I mean, I'll, I'll admit really, I was in my early twenties and I just butted up. I had a sense that uh, 
I had a sense that a narrative and a story of who I was and what I could and couldn't do in the world was kind of congealing and coagulating. And I was like, no, I could do, I, there are things which no one would look at me and conceive that I could do. I bet I could do them. And if I could, and if, and if that's possible, then I don't care if it takes 10, 20 years and I'll do them. I loved it. I love hearing that. I mean, it was uh, quite, the things I was thinking of was being at the time were like quite shallow in terms of being like, oh, I, I you know, I could do a flip. Yeah. Just because I'm nowhere near being able to do a flip, I could do a flip. I bet I could, or you know, I could look can a different. Can you do a flip now? I can do. I can do some. Like not. I can't do like a, like uh, like. So when I was a, so when I was a kid, I'd watch the Blues Brothers, and there'd be that scene oh, yeah. scene where he does where um Belushi's uh, stunt double does the rolling back flips down the. It's not Belushi. Sorry, I mean Belushi does the flips down the. Okay. Yep. Great. <laughs> um, down the uh, church. Uh, space in between the pews um, aisle. And um, to me as a kid, I'm like, oh yeah, well that's the logical conclusion of all human achievement is just being able to do <laughs> continuous backflips. <laughs> and I still can't do continuous backflips like that. I can do some low key on a wrestling mat. I can do some like, I can, I can do some low key flipping. But, okay, but you had this objective for you. You're like, oh, I, I just, people I don't like, know that I could do this, but I, could I reckon do some, I could. Yeah, I could do some spectacular things with my body. My body as a site could be, could be and could be read differently to how it's being read now. And um, also I could just, and and I could, I bet I could win something sometime, which like was a completely, was actually an alien. Like I hadn't, um, I hadn't, the probably the, I was, I would wrestling, I don't know, must, maybe my like, 14th or 15th wrestling match over the first few years, which happened a couple of years into me wrestling was like the first one that I won. And it was, wow. it was the second time I'd won anything. Like the wow. first, the first time I won something was maybe a couple of years before when I, when I won a raffle uh, at a roller derby at the Canberra roller derby league kind of fundraising event. And I remember that cause I distinctly remember I would have been like 24 or something. And I remember just having my name called and I was like, Oh, I've never won something. <laughs> and, um, and it, yeah, and that, uh, so, and then number two came. Number two, and at the end of a wrestling match, uh, just a couple of years after that, but oh. uh, yeah, it's in my mid twenties. But like, this, it's a fun, it's a fun story because like when it was me at a competition and I was matched against my uh, dear friend George, who was a much more seen, much more experienced wrestler than me. Um, we were, and we were matched against each other. And it's in some ways, it's always a bit of a drag to have to wrestle someone from your own club uh, at, a, at a big competition, a national competition. Cause mm-hmm. you, cause, um, but uh, we had a wrestle and um, I scored uh, the, I scored a winning point like right at the end. And at the end of a wrestling match, they hold up the winner's arm and uh, the I had so many experiences of the other guys I'm getting hold up that my brain obviously had created a neural pathway that that's just what happens at the end of a wrestling match. Yeah. So I remember when he held my arm up, I had this moment of being like, what? No, you've just messed the referee. You've messed up the thing. But then it was great. And this is, you know, kind of both like, ah, but also I value the universe always working this way for me is I worked, walked off the mat and my wrestling coach, who is um, just a beautiful just, just a beautiful, loving human being and really doesn't care if you win or lose. He cares how well you wrestled, which is his own, which it is its own type of horror. And <laughs> in this moment, and yeah, he came off the, came off the mat and just came up to me really casually and was just like, he was just like, oh, that point shouldn't have been awarded that way. <laughs> <laughs> as, as in you actually, and I, I remember instantly just readjusting myself. Like, okay. Yeah. I that, thought so. That didn't count. Yeah. yeah. That seems right. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was, and it's funny that I remember that, but I don't have a distinct memory of the first time that I won a wrestling match, like properly clean. Oh, 
Yeah, but, um, I, I find so I play a lot of team sports, and um, if I think about, like, I just was thinking about that um, relationship with winning, uh, or, like all uh, I, I kind of think that I'm in. I shouldn't say it because it's not true, but I, my internal narrative has been I'm incapable of winning like one on one sports, like mm. to the point where if I'm like playing someone at table tennis, I'll be up seventeen to three or something. Yeah, the the flick. The switch will flick, and then right, um, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that's about right. Yeah, twenty one seventeen. Yeah, but uh, that that was me historically, but less so now. But the last f- f- one one avenue I have pursued um, sports in the last ten years is this social AFL team, mm. this mixed social team, which has gone from being like maybe the first five years completely, you know, we'd be bottom of the table and never win anything to um, last couple of years we've we've well last year we came equal first out of 16 or something, which is really something because... Pretty good. Well, I mean, it's obviously social level sport doesn't, you know, there's no there's no greater meaning, but it was really something because our team is... Unlike a, the greater meaning that the Olympics exactly, Of course, of course, of course. But as the it's the, our team is like a team of people who have never played any sport before. And, you know, um, you know, men and women um, in their 50s are, are in the team mm. um, who, who have potentially not played any sport uh, um competitive sport or certainly not competitive football before. And so to get like results from that sort of uh, cohort and seeing people that who have never, who have never identified with as being sports people to come yeah. and, and consistently try and do something and get better at it. Even something completely arbitrary, like, you know, kicking or whatever. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, but it's been, so, it's been honestly amongst the top highlights of my whole life. Yeah. Uh, just, just seeing that happen for other people and being a part of it. And I found that, so I'm, I'm a performer mostly for a living, um, and um, in recent years, uh, so I used to get like a bit itchy if I hadn't performed for a while. I relate would, to that. Yeah, yeah, I don't anymore, which I'm, I'm glad mm. to say. But uh, um, and, and then every time I do a show, the bigger the show, um, the bigger the impact. But there'd be a sort of crater afterwards where I'd be a bit flat and like, mm. you know, because it t- takes so much adrenaline and is so sure, rewarding sure. And, and, you know, intense living to do certain types of shows. Um and then after that, there'd be a dip. I found that once I started playing football, and like, I did, and I say dip, like you know, sort of a, a, a couple of depressive days where like I wouldn't want to leave bed or like, yeah, you know, and or I wouldn't want to do anything or see the virtue in things. And that was sort of baked in as a part of the process that I was used to. Mm. But since playing sport and exercising with other people a couple of times a week, that's never happened again, mm. which is which has been really stark because I just wouldn't have thought that I was that type of person or that that would happen. And also another thing, I because I had personally had not had the narrative of like, you know, seeing that you could get better at things, it was so nice to do a, some, the same thing a few times a week and realise that over time, like, oh, actually, I'm getting better at this. And each week I could note, you know, I could mark my progress and, and it was sort of like a metaphor for other things in life that was so important for me. And of course, everyone has a different relationship with this, this type of thing. Um, but yeah, uh, it's critically important for me. Just the the mundane addition of it um, is really has been really transformative for me. You know, as a kid, I just, I just had a lot of magical thinking around a lot of things, and mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of the cultural messaging you get around literally sport, for instance, is yeah. the idea of just the the short term magical ordeal that forges you in the fire and uh or the just or the idea of just talent and chosenness mm. and destiny yeah. um and i love the idea of just having something that completely undercuts that and explodes it which is the idea of like oh just improve a bit just just try and have a thoughtful engagement with something like care enough to be thinking about how to get better at something 
um, get the smallest unit of better at it each time, but have that happen regu- regularly. Um, and then that weird thing that happens if you just do that and, you know, for me, if I do that and just don't think about much other than that, just be present, just be present when I'm there. Um, that then I have this weird phenomenon where I look back over time over a couple of years, like I'm not feeling any huge transformative thing in the moment, but then I look back over time and I go, oh, uh, I'm all, things of my ability to do that has changed. And I mean, that to me has given me a bit of a hack around competition, which is a separate idea that we'll have to rank separately. And in some ways is a kind of macro idea overshadowing sport. But for me, if I was just still dealing with comp- facing competition, like the one-on-one wrestle with someone as it's like I was when I was a kid where it's like, Oh, you know, this is um, in this sudden testing ground where I'm either where my, as you say, that static set, that static reality of how good or bad I am at something mm. is going to be tested and mm. found wanting. I think I'd still be having a tough time and I still have weird stuff with competition. But the fact, the fact is the reason I started winning mass wrestling matches was separate to that, which is because I just started, I just kept chipping away at the thing that seemed impossibly hard and confusing. And I had people who were, I had smart, good teachers and coaches who found ways who the first way they tried to teach me failed. And so they just went away and put time and effort and care into thinking, thinking about how to explain it to me in a different way. Um, I almost tear up saying, talking about that because they, because just thinking about them putting that effort in. It's a very special gift. Very special gift. They came back and tried again and I, ultimately got a bit more of an idea about it and um i yeah over time i just eventually you just can't you just you just know how to do it and so you then you just do it and it works and it's i just love how i love how ordinary it can be like like it's just a moment that then happens and then you just go huh i wish that that narrative were more prevalent that sort of framework for um conceiving of um improvement and sort of work towards goals because I, i feel like this there are so many shortcut narratives that get really uh, thrust into prominence because we want them to be true. Um, and but uh, like just the idea of what you, what you were saying that um, you know turning up and incrementally improving and not you know not not being not uh, you know you, you you didn't go to your first wrestling thing being like I I'm going to be the national champion and this is how I'm going to do it necessarily. Maybe my, my first wrestling match I got I, I'm sure I had all kinds of fantasies in yeah, my yeah, mind yeah. because I didn't have enough reference for the thing to know. So mm. I th- I'm sure I imagined. I'm sure I imagined that maybe something magical would happen. What happened is I got thrown on my back in two seconds. My first <laughs> wrestling match I lost in two seconds. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the people that I know that um, are good at stuff, it's because they've consistently turned up and, and done it. Like, you know, and, and they just, that sort of uh, mentality just sees people overtake people that are naturally, you know, naturally in inverted commas, you know, yeah. gifted at things That's in, in so many spheres. It's, it's, um, it's in some ways, obviously talent. I've seen as someone who hasn't been talented in various spheres that mm-hmm. I've um, worked, that I've been uh, attempting things in over the years and have a lot of friends who are naturally, naturally talented or have made big, made big splashes at first. Obviously there's a lot of stakes, there's shortcomings and stakes around that. Like there are challenges they have that I don't have that mm-hmm. are emotional and intellectual. And um, there's, you know, being a, sl- being a slow learner has its advantages in that. I just know that that's how it has to work and I still want to do things. Mm-hmm. So I need to be patient. But um, yeah, I guess the, 
the interesting question in terms of how this all relates to sport, because and I think this is a classic thing where it's us going, all right, are we ranking the utopian version of things on the yeah. list? Because what I've noticed is, so me getting into a sport, into this weird niche sport in Australia, and then having to put a physical practice together and having to intellectualize it, because uh, you've all you've all met me on this podcast, so you know why. Um, I, um, it ended up uh, like I literally have a job now that evolved out of that. Like you know, my the one of my two jobs that I work at is um, I am a strength and conditioning coach and a wrestling coach in a gym. I work in a gym. And that's what I get the bulk of my income from. And a lot of what I'm doing, like I'm teaching people to wrestle a couple of times a week, but I'm just teaching people how to weight train and work in gyms like uh, about 20 hours a week. And that's um, it's it's that's very specifically. It's funny. I, I a lot of a lot of my sensibility that I've developed about just that mundane day in day out. Um, it's not magic. It's just practice, and it's an education challenge approach to stuff. Like I have a client base who seems to respond to that, and they come and they get good results. That's not sport, you know. That's just mm-hmm. that's that's physical training or physical practice yeah. development. Um, when I'm upstairs doing the wrestling classes, then suddenly where was like I'm helping people learn how to do a sport better. What is, I mean, what is, what is a sport? Cause I mean, cause, cause one yeah. thing I'll say, one thing I'll often say to my class as a rhetorical pose to kind of get them to think about things in a freer, more playful, more try stuff and see way mm. is I'll say, I'm like, look, uh, wrestling is just a, wrestling is a, is a sport. A sport is a type of game. This is just a game. We're learning to play a game and games are played. So you need to play. I'll do that as a, I don't know how right or wrong that is. That's just a thing that I've found useful as a kind of teaching term sometimes or that I try out. Um, I think I feel like people getting bogged down in what the difference between sports and games are is a thing that I see happening all the time. Do you have a to hand take on that, Chris? Because games, I feel I'm very comfortable with sport being its own ranking, separate to games. Yeah, me too. I, I, I guess there's the phys- like there's the physical. Why am I? There's the physicality of of it. Like if you mean like so so like you know they, if you play a, if you play you play a basketball game you don't play let's have a basketball sport or whatever mm-hmm. it, it is it is still a game it, because the uh, the overall framework is it doesn't mean anything it's uh, beyond what you attach to it and yep. it's and it's um it's a dumb it's, yeah it's, it's arbitrary it's a dumb but the question rules we know are set and you're competing within it and you're trying to achieve it. and I think the things that flow back from that in all sorts of directions and you know that you've you've got your professional sphere where there's there's benefits that flow for mm-hmm. for people you know who interact with collective narratives with people who they might not otherwise talk to. You've got your personal sphere where you can have, you know, a goal or something in which you're continuously tested and you can see, you know, um, your improvement or you can see, you know, how you can contribute and help others or work with others or, you know, you can, that there's a, there's a, a, a dialogue around something that isn't um, important or, or sorry, isn't um, materially life or death or whatever. Um, and, and, and then when you if you say game like game can extend to like hypothetical scenarios or just talking or just uh, playing mm. board games and I think those things you have to you exclude them from the realm of sport absolutely there's, sport, there's, there is the physical competition sports element. are probably all games but not all games are sports yeah. the, I mean to me the the second part of what you're saying has more resonance because I mean Chasey has a physical aspect and um, a rule system and I wouldn't call Chasey a sport the um, I, I would though if to, you structured it to compete in it this is this this is what I was going to get at you could make yeah, Chasey right. a sport Right. And so I think the it's less it's about a social function. It's less about com- it's not about making it a competition per se, but it's putting a certain type of it's it's adding a certain type of culture to it. Mm. I think sports is a culture is as is a cultural form um, more than it is a structural form. 
One really interesting thing that I reflect on a bit about uh, sports in society is that they're like the way in which they exist is is pretty recent. Like, mm. um, like people, so people have already uh, seemingly always had sort of games, physical games that they've played. Um, but it seems like a lot of those were attached to, like, there wasn't the luxury of detaching them from real world outcomes. So they might be like you know military sparring or or whatever. But like, so for example, the Melbourne Football Club which is an Australian rules football club, is amongst the, the five, maybe even the three oldest sports clubs in the world, mm-hmm. which is mind-blowing because it's, it's 1860 or something. That, that, that's, as, that's how recent we, it was that we got together and formed clubs to compete against each other. I, I certainly think, yeah, because so, what we're talking about is, yeah, the specific cultural heft of what sport is. The idea of that abstracted, the thing that you're describing, um, and again, you know, my personal biases are clear here, but... Um, Rest, like uh, wrestling in many cultures mm-hmm. is is the version of what you're talking about that that we can date back to a few thousand years. Yeah. So like, um, I miss uh, in um, so the firmest handle we have on how and how it worked in a certain historical uh, context is ancient Greece. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, the Olympics. It was. What do you mean? Well, more specifically, more specifically, the separation between physical practice and sport. So the, mm-hmm. so very specifically um, in ancient Greece, there was an idea that there were martial arts, there were military practices. There was pan, they had pancration was their main martial art, which was a striking uh, activity. That pancration? Pancration with a K. Do people do that anywhere? Yeah, there's, a, pancration, there's a tiny pancration club in Sydney. You Ooh. know, yep. The, uh, anything, people still do, people still do everything. <laughs> it's, it's, sadly. <laughs> sadly. But the um, but excellently in the case of pancreation. But so pancreation was very specifically codified as this is practice for warfare and combat. Mm-hmm. Wrestling was you know, and so if you're a soldier, you had to do pen, you had to learn pancreation. Um, if you're a citizen, then you merely had to learn to wrestle. You had to. You well, it was a, there was a it, it there might not have been um. Uh, punitive punitive stakes around it, but they were cultural punitive yeah, stakes. Whereas norms. you were con- to consider to be a good citizen, part of the suite, suite of what you were meant to have was a wrestling practice. And the very specifically, wrestling was conceived very specifically as a competitive physical practice that wasn't warfare and wasn't a martial art. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what it's ca- what is carried through in terms of what distinguishes it from other combat sports. And so the idea is the idea is that it's a th- it was a thing where it's like. Uh, the stakes were not life and death. They were arbitrary gamified stakes. You know, the idea of the fall um, was the win condition, which is like just getting someone off their feet is not, that doesn't re- that doesn't map neatly onto any kind of life and death struggle. Mm. Um, but the idea of like having that elevated competitive physical it's practice. game is so you win. Yeah. And so, you know, it was probably more thought of as a game than a sport then. So to me, what you're saying, the recency of the idea of codifying, no, sport as a, cultural product that transmits and um, codifies and develops certain things, certain things that we, that uh, th- like to me, sport, there's a lot of persistency about the idea of sport as a, of, of what it does to people's character. And this to me is everything that's good and evil about yeah. sport. You know, the idea of, because, you know, sport's funny, right? Because we've ended up in a weird place, which is probably just a outcome of, um, you know, uh, the sort of shifts through, the shifting through the weird gears of classical liberalism and um, the, the you know mass market scale, yeah, that's, scaling that's up of human endeavor. Going to bring up the same point, I think. Yeah, the whole you know you've got this whole you've got, you've got so much argument, public argument now about um, fairness and equality in sport, which to me 
Sport's an interesting site for that because it's fundamentally unfair. Yeah. Sport is unfair. It can't be a site of fairness. Uh, it can't be a site of perfect fairness because the point of sport on one level, or the thing that is clearly demonstrable in sport is yeah, a, people... A ranking. Is a ranking. Yeah. You know, and Ameri- it's Which funny. we love. I went, yeah. I was... Exactly. I was lucky enough. I was very fortunate. I got to go to the Olympic training camp for the Australian wrestling program, like for wrestling, that Wrestling Australia held mm-hmm. in August. Um, and I got to act as... I got to both learn and learn from the national coaches, but also act as a training inspiring partner to the various guys who are in contention to actually go to the Olympics for Australia. And um, the uh, grapes, you know, like <laughs> it was, it, it was so fun. Like, you know, it's, uh, I love the sport and I got to just immerse in nothing mm-hmm. but the sport for, for six days. And I normally don't get to immerse in any one thing for six days. So it was just this delightful thing. And the feeling of being, feeling like I was, uh, fit enough and uh, good enough at the thing to get to go into that arena and be completely out of my depth, but to have even gotten to that level felt really good. Also, it was it felt super high schooly as well because like a, a very clear hierarchy right. imposed itself super quick that I was close to the bottom of. Um, meanwhile, it was hard to be that indignant about it because as far as hierarchies goes, like it was pretty purely meritorious as far as anything could be. I mean, in this completely made up activity, which is made sure. up. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were certain people who were just way better and certain people who were less less good. So like me Which of course to the outsider like me who isn't invested in that world, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like whatever, who exactly. Cares? But then in there it's But I bought in I bought in. So, in. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. judgment of like and it's not like it didn't get high schooly in terms of like everyone was still nice to each other and happy and like polite and generous. You know, people still would be my training partners for whole sessions where they you know they, I'm sure that this, if they'd been ungenerous, they would have been like, well, I'm not going to get as much out of wrestling you as this person over there. And they, mm. they weren't behaving that way. Mm-hmm. But still, there was this, you know, there was just there was just the feeling in the room, just yeah, the clear I thing mean, of like... That is a like, part of that well, culture. The, these are the guys who are probably, you know, and it, these are the guys who are, who are going to always be able to, you know, th- certain guys looking at me and being like, well, I'll always be able to beat this guy, you know, and I hope that's not true, but it might be. But yeah, and so I look at it and I go, well... The idea of getting in there and the, all of the lawyering of, um, you know, is it is it fair for people with, um, you know, this uh, is it fair for people with these sort of um, uh, with that we're reading is this gender or that gender to be competing against each other or competing separately? Um, is it fair for people to be using this type of gear in this sport? Is it fair for people? Um, to be on drugs that might enhance their performance, like all of these live conversations that, to me, just fall at the first hurdle of internal consistency because um, any, well, they do and they don't because any, any system, all of these systems are arbitrarily like the thing that defines sports basically are their rule systems. Also, not only can the rule systems be changed, but most sport cultures, once you, once you have the cultural weight of a sport, then rule changes over time are mandated and ascend and guaranteed. They happen all the time. They happen all every, the time. Every sport. And the, the ones that don't change are very stark for their, uh, for their failing. I think. Yes. And so once you're in, once that's the reality and it is, where do you draw, you know, where do you draw consistent logical lines of um, uh, fairness or unfairness around that, you know, like, uh, and the answer is you can't. And the answer is that's maybe that's not what sport, that's not what sport, maybe the answer is sport shouldn't be about that. It's an ongoing dialogue and, space anyway it's a negotiate it's a space of it's a space of negotiation i think that's um another element of sport that i want to bring up before we get to the ranking because we're we're deep into this episode already love it um 
is the way in which its intersection with the classical liberal forces and large social for large society forces has led to this sort of phenomena where there's there's a identity attached to it which which uh, in many instances sees people self exclude from um, what could be rewarding sports based experiences because they don't identify with as sporty as or sporty as, as yeah which is person. which is like in my I, I in my that. ideal world er, you know i i f- would feel like everyone who who c- could see the virtue of like how it could interact with it with how they could interact with sporty things and have access to them and i, I you know that's not that's not so far off it's not like do you need sport for it this is the, i guess this is the big question do we like yeah, right. is it, what is what is the unique value of sport like if sport allows for um it's supposed less for uh, a development of um, of a physical or a skills based practice that's that's edifying. If it allows for us for a social culture that um, that unites people around, um, like you know, a sh- like a shared enterprise. If it um, allows for cultural narratives where individuals can pop as as characters in a transcendent way. If it does all these good things. How does it do that uniquely that you can't do with other things? Yeah, I think the I think the fact that it is that it is purely based upon um, capacity and not um, you know other public fora where you see people um, competing to take space or or exchange narratives are often based upon ideas or ideologies that um, can that necessarily include and exclude huge swathes of the population whereas for sport you know like the the number one um competitor of some sport and the number two competitor can have completely different worldviews and completely different followings and, and but they're in the same space interacting at the same time uh, not on that basis but that but consequently i think the people that engage with that those narratives can also be from anywhere in society and i think mm. i i really think that a fundamental um glue that it, uh, that advances our species and the absence of it really hinders is where we don't have spaces to to collectively um exchange uh experience with people who are nothing like us i, I think that 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 the fragmentation is something that's increasing and it's disastrous and i think sport is um still one of the fora in which that that doesn't happen as much i certainly relate to the idea like yeah factually my Wrestling practice has meant that there's been connections, deep connections of intimacy and friendship, or even just, you know, moments of shared experience mm-hmm. that I've been able to have with people who um, I'm nothing like, you know, like... S- you may not even otherwise encounter at uh, all. Or, or not have the shared reference, but like for me as someone, as this like self-conscious, um, you know, irony poisons, um, the, you know, like, yeah, you know, uh, middle-class Canberran, the yeah people who yeah would we be able to hold a conversation about a lot of things very easily um you know maybe not but yeah this this idea of like you know us just clapping like shaking hands and then having a little wrestle and you like identifying each you know having a moment of connection over our shared engagement with Mm -hmm. the physical activity like yeah it's been really real and really powerful for me um, obviously, like once sporting cultures become entrenched societal mo- uh, monoliths, um, and they're absolutely toxic models of yeah, the you same you phenomena. you have the idea where that's that you you if there's the potential for it, you'd have almost the flip side where you have a just a, a codified in group out group sense of who a certain thing is for or who is not. So you have, as you say, like I feel like 
your engagement with something like Aussie Rules, um, which obviously is a cultural monolith in Australia, but it has it's so big that it has countercultural elements inside it. So yeah. you you know, so it does have there's good and bad where you do have these excellent ideas about oh footy spaces that are aggressively inclusive and um, diverse, but they exist in um, response to a larger sense of it, which is inside of it, which is um, which is not that. Whereas yeah. perhaps polo or something like that mm. is its own. Um, identity marker Which, immediately and another mix yeah another mix in, a, in another weird way where it becomes both a like a toxically mediated in group but then it's still working at a small enough level that it's also just this weird out group that i'm sure is yeah. probably fascinating to, yeah. to, to um, look at um yeah it's a real yeah this i got sympathy like again i don't have sympathy for the lazy uh, sports you know blah, blah, like uh enjoy your sports ball vibe but i do have a lot of sympathy for people who've had traumatic experiences around mm. uh butting up against you know about just not feeling in, not feeling like they yeah, can possibly sure. effectively engage with sporting cultures but i would think that the people who are um th- th- where there are enlightened people who are operating you know various spheres of authority within sports i think that they would be um horrified by those exchanges where they yeah. occur i don't think they'd be i'd be very surprised if like just to, to just like if Roger Federer, you know, knew that there was like some kid who in their first game of tennis got hit with the ball and was like, he'd be like, oh, he wouldn't be like, that's just part of the competition, buddy. You know, he'd be like, mm, oh no, what a I'm shame. I'm sure elite athlete to elite athlete. That's so I shouldn't pick Roger Federer. I don't, I, I don't know why I picked. <laughs> I'm the just thinking of I don't know, like a Floyd, like a Floyd Mayweather or someone like that. Look, they definitely would be there, but I feel like that the. the, the that they're there in as much as they're in any sphere of society. Sure. Yes, and I think that's the thing, right? Like, um the idea of how much i'm sure a lot of people would be like yelling at us for missing the mundane point of how much sport is just um used as kind of a lab for society at large you know the idea yeah um Uh, oh i mean also the obvious one that we're being yelled at for um is that you know sport as it is practiced in the mainstream is exclusionary for many people who are unable to participate yes for, for for various reasons but i think we're talking about the philosophy of the the best versions of this which would be um, you know, there would be version. There are versions for all sorts of people and to compete as as they wish. And you know what? I there's a part of me that's defensive for the idea of sport as an as an exclusive space for the um, codification of eliteness within an arbitrary conception of the rules. As in, I value yeah. like selfishly, and this says more about me. Like you know, as someone who has all of these really contestable values that I was just you know conditioned with growing up, like the idea of you know. Uh, not making excuses or, you know, just, uh, just being, being, showing humility and, um, uh, you know, like not uh, just shouldering up to the unfairness of life. Um, all these kind of sort of working class adjacent values, which, you know, you could argue are their own mix of good and garbage and maybe just garbage, but they're what I have on deck. And for that reason, yeah, the idea of constantly visiting a site uh, and wrestling is all just made up, but it's also a site where there is, I just get a, just a hard, like a, a cold shot of reality every time mm. that I do it, which is just really valuable. Like there is no way for me to duck how good or bad I'm at at it, how good I am at it. Like if I'm wrestling real wrestlers, how good I am at it is a provable thing and how bad I am at it will be proven <laughs> every time. 
I also want to um, get on the front foot and, and trash the potential idea that um, what's all made up and it doesn't mean anything as a, as a criticism of it. I feel sure, like, yes, I, I feel like that's the, the type of thing that people often yeah. will levy at anything that they don't like yes. because literally everything is just made exactly. up and doesn't mean anything. You it's know, true, that's, that's, even lists. Yeah, well, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch the Godhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, the, 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 the dark sides of that are things like where you do have these sort of mega American sports bars where people will go there and just sit there and they've got the brain fungus and they'll watch 15 sports, you know, and engage in all the, um, you know, but that's, that's a meaning for them. And, um, you know, I think there are bad ways to do any, any good thing. I mean, like, I feel like, I feel like the thing I really want to do so we don't get bogged down here is just have a episode where we rank fandom uh, oh great! Yeah, great. separately. Interesting. And I feel like anything that you're yelling at us to cover, a lot of it will come in under that. And um, I'll have plenty to say. Just added that to the list. But yeah, let's get into ranking. Let's rank sport. Yeah. Um. So at the moment, I instinctively want to put a top five. Like, I, I sorry. What 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 do we got? Uh. So we've got so number one is story. Under that, we've got generosity, authority, immortality. At sport four. doesn't exist without story. Hmm. Or authority, I suppose. Or, yeah, or I, don't, I don't think it can. It I, don't, can't, I can't come at the. It can't come at the top three. No. Um, What's four? Four is immortality. Uh, <laughs> five is, is geo, five is geo it. five is geoengineering. I think that might be that's a meaningful one to to stack it against. Uh, why? Why do you think that? <laughs> uh, just because geoengineering is like I, maybe because I won't compare it to something. Sport is something. It's another one where we're putting something where we could any a society that hasn't put huge scaled up operations of change into um into effect can just start doing sport. Yeah, you know, you can just start yeah. you can just start doing it. Yeah, and still the, get the rewards from it. Yeah, <clears throat> um, so that would be my hunch. Um, and yeah, I mean, and you can start dreaming of immortality without that stuff as well. Um, I definitely look. Let me put it this way: like I'm literally working on, um, uh like a story project, like an artwork at the mm. moment where this, where a lot of the, you know, where it's, it's basically like a, uh, a narrative set in the future where I just want, you know, I, and I have a little bit of a preoccupation with this, the idea of a story about the story about the future and people trying to survive in a future that is different to ours, but not just a survival narrative. Like most stories have a, a like life and death stakes narratives are about mm. the most important thing that people, people uh, ever do in their life. Um, I'm obsessed with doing stories which just show how people um, find the transcendent day-to-day entertainment and edification experiences of their life. So basically art and sport in yeah. the future. I mean, and right. you know, I've got, a, I've got a previous show that you've seen about what, what, how people engage with art in the future. I loved it. Uh, thank you. And um, yeah, I, that's part of what I, um, you know, I'm working on a, this, this thing that I'm working on basically has, uh, it's positing well where, there's kind of an embedded art, art sport activity that is oh, central great. to people's lives. Oh, I can't wait! It should it should be the greatest thing anyone's ever seen. Um, but uh, the yeah, it should be. You, <laughs> if, if it falls short from that, I'll blame you. Yeah, you should. Um, so yeah, on that basis, I'm pretty comfy of the stuff that we've got. I'm pretty comfy having it. I don't know if it was games, I'd be like games for me is a lock on the top five. Sport has a lot of is a slightly more specific thing. I'm still, I'm, st- I still think that there's, a, it's a little, I think it's a little weaker in terms of its ability to stand up for itself as its own model, as its as its own essential topic. Yeah, sure. But I would, 
Do, do you think I, that's just because it's more less broad or like? Yeah, okay. yeah. I well, think I I feel happily I feel happy with having it above geoengineering. Whether it beats imprisonment is um, iffier for me. Oh yeah, no games in a you can't. Yeah. Yeah. So that would put it at. You can't have sports without physical safety. <laughs> that would put it just outside top five. That would put it at number six between imprisonment and geoengineering. That sounds good to me. Okay. Great. Nice one. And yeah, I like that that threw up some other ones that I've added to the list for mm. the future. Um, Hierarchies, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Also intersex. Very good. All right, great. So can you read the list down to sport? Yep. So we've got uh, the list at the moment. We've got story, generosity, authority, immortality at number four, imprisonment at number five, sport at number six. And then geoengineering, body modification, lunch, harnessing electricity, mail, jobs, genius, and in the slime bucket at the end of the list, faith. The whole list is a slime bucket. <laughs> let's get let's let's really work on getting some sick rad ideas happening in the next. Yeah, month. cool. And submit them, please. Yes, on please. On our Facebook page, rank what ideas. What are we missing? We are at your disposal. See you soon. <laughs>